position on the music out this morning instead of cutting it cutting it out cut it out good morning good morning paul right out the gate paul is here early and ready ready to go ready to go oh wow i feel like it should be should be already friday i think man it feels like it should be but it's not it's the hump day. It's hump day. Last day of the month. October. October's right around the corner. Less than less than a day away. Um, how's your month? Was a month? Was your month what you wanted it to be? Did you get what you wanted to get done this month? Are you happy with, with what you accomplished? I'd like to hear about it. Put if you can, put in the show notes, put in the chat. Somewhere, throw. You know what you were, what you're happy you accomplished this month. What'd you accomplish that you wanted to get done? Our Illy Coffee's running a little bit low already this morning. I've been hammering away at the keyboard, pounding away like Mozart on this thing. Um, but I do have some Illy Coffee left in my New York mug, New York City. The city so nice they had to say it, name it twice. Name it twice. Um, may or may not agree with that. If you haven't been to New York, you probably need to go to New York in a lifetime. At least so you can make your own decision whether you like it or not. Um, some great things about New York. Um, but it is a big old city. Big cities. Big city lights, man. There is always something going on in New York. I know that for a fact. Been around the country, as you guys have. A lot of you guys have been around the country. Where's your favorite place? You know, one of my favorite places out in Wyoming. Uh, big fan of Wyoming. Someday, maybe I'll win the lottery. Pack up and move to Wyoming. We can do all this in Wyoming. We can do this stuff in Wyoming. Good stuff going on this morning. Some good things. I don't know how the how the volume is. Can we give it a thumbs up, thumbs down on the volume? Is volume? Okay, I killed that microphone. I kept getting a weird... Weird distortion when I'd play back. I don't know, maybe it's my speaker. Maybe it's the recording level. I don't know, but I killed that microphone. I thought maybe there's too too many microphones pulling in sound. Uh, I don't know. So I killed that one. Left this one on. I'm, you know, the reason we have so many microphones, there's two here. There's a, what do you call it, Labador, Lav Lav Lavalier microphone, one of the ones that clips on your lapel. So we just have the whole crew here doing the show. Uh, we do need to get back to that. That's that uh, Cyber Insider and the Get Into It shows. Uh, I still want to get those going again. Probably we cut them when COVID hit because we couldn't get everybody together. Now it's kind of people can get back together. So maybe we need to get those going again. That's why there's many microphones around here. I'm going to guess that the volume is okay. The little microphone indicator says it's okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to be too quiet. Too quiet. I don't want to be too loud. Um, I don't. You know, worried, worried about the little stuff. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Eric. Good to see you. Um, so today, what do we got on the agenda today? Uh, vulnerability in Qualcomm. And you might say, yeah, I don't. I don't use Qualcomm stuff, but you might. It's in a lot of networking gear, a lot of access points. Um, So you might you might have something like that in there. Uh, Microsoft's out. They've got their uh, digital defense report, and they say that 
Some ransomware attacks take less than 45 minutes. How is your incident response? How's your incident response at your organization? Can you respond to something in 45 minutes? Can you see it in 45 minutes? Do you know what's going on in 45 minutes? Or you need more and more time? A little loud, but it's good. That's that's what I was worried about. It's a little loud. Paul sounds a little loud, but good. Let's bring the bring the volume down maybe a little bit. I don't know if that's that's any better, any worse. A little loud, but solid. Yeah, you want to make sure it's you know if we can adjust it and make it better on our side, we're definitely going to do that. I don't know. Hopefully, Paul, that's a little better. I appreciate the feedback. Big thumbs up to Paul. Two of them for you. Thumbs up, and then our last story of the day. Crypto mining uh, report says, is it 90 or 95%? 90 or 95, over 90%. Over 90% server attacks lead to crypto mining. And we talk about this all the time. Why, why, oh why do people do this? People do this to make money. I mean, that's... That's the main thing. I don't. Wow, I got a session going over here. I'm going to go ahead and kill the session because I can hear myself with a, a lag over here. So people do it for the money. They're in it generally for the money. Uh, some of the some of the nefarious APTs are out there doing it for their government, their country, nationalism. Um, good book on. Chinese Chinese cyber nationalism and there's a book that that folks out in Fort Leavenworth put out a long time ago um, about why some folks in China do it do their hacking a lot of a lot of hackers in China not the the state sponsored APTs but a lot of that hackers in China uh, do their hacking like the the honker group they do it because they love China not necessarily love the government if it makes sense some of you can probably understand that out here <laughs> these days. Without getting too politi political. Good morning, Kevin. Good to see you. It's all good. So that's what we got going on. We got a chop, chop. We got three good stories, and the big thing I'm I'm, I'm happy about. I'm, I'm, we're closing in on things. Uh, Monday, a few days away, less than a week away, we launched the RMF course, the RMF and CAP course. And I it's RMF and CAP because it covers both of them. If you know the certified authorization professional course from IS or certification from ISC squared is out the cover the course covers everything you need to know about that and more I'm telling you we have jam-packed as much as we could into this course just because I've seen other courses I've seen them and they're essentially you buy the course and you get a video of a guy talking which is fine um, that stuff you can get we're gonna make sure that stuff is available on YouTube you want to watch me talk about the RMF it's going to be available on YouTube you don't have to pay anything that's 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 the point we want to get to if you want to learn this stuff you can and I don't want to put a price tag on it but then we want to be able to support the channel and build stuff build more stuff out so we do have the courses and the courses I wanted to pack as much additional stuff as much extra stuff into them as I could so you got not only, you know, the stuff you can get on YouTube, which is fine. You can go get that. We'll build the course list. You can follow the list, and you can just listen to the videos if you want. That That's fine. But the course itself is just, we, we try to pack everything in it. 
And it is, as far as I know, I've looked at a lot of these things, and I've looked at their their curriculum and their layout. No one's really touched RMF 2.0. No one's talking about that yet in the courseware. Maybe I'm missing it. And I'm pretty sure it's the only one that covers RMF 2.0 as well as NIST 853 Revision 5, which just came out. So as we're, we're just updating content as we go to, to align with Revision 5, the new families, all that good stuff. So I'm excited about it because it's it's a lot of people are asking for it. It is available, and if you get on it, I know this is your this is this is this this video has been brought to you by uh, Cyber Recon, I guess, because we're talking about the, the RMF a lot this morning. Um, if you sign up by the course starts on the fifth, which is Monday, but if you sign up by the ninth, you get the discount, which is like seventy dollars off. Um, and you get, if you're in this first cohort, the first group going through, you get the interactive, the live sessions at the end of every subject area, at every, essentially, every, generally it works out to be every week we end up having a live session, and that's either going to be WebEx or Zoom, uh, and it'll be recorded for posterity, but there where you can watch it later. Ask your questions. Make sure you understand each and every one of the lessons. So it lessons and and so it'll be at the topic level. So for example, the RMF introduction is a topic or a lesson. All right, yeah, a lesson and under the lesson is nine topics. Oh, you'll look at it. All. We'll open up the web page a little later and look at it. So let's stop talking about that. Let's get on to the news. Let me run the intro and then we'll talk about the news. Do do do. Hopefully the sound has got better. I'm trying to find my mouse. The lost mouse syndrome. You ever have that problem you get too many monitors and you lose your mouse? Oh, uh, Qualcomm. These are chip these chipset problems. I, I, I hate them. I hate them because you know the chipset, but you don't know where it's at. Right? Synopsys has issued an advisory warning of an authentication bypass vulnerability in multiple wireless router chipsets built into the devices manufactured by Qualcomm, MediaTek, and Realtek. So a bunch of CVEs, um, God, old ones. 2019, 18989, 2019-18990, and 2019-18991. Refer to partial authentication bypass vulnerability affecting multiple products from the manufacturers. Synopsis Cybersecurity Research Center notes it was unable to create a comprehensive list of vulnerable devices and chipsets and vulnerability, vulnerable chipsets may be embedded into additional products. So we don't, we don't know where it's at. Again, the vulnerability is there. We don't know exactly where it's at. So update, update, update. Update your devices. Update your software. Update your firmware, your hardware. All that stuff. We got to, we got to do this stuff. We got to. Part of your job in risk, in cyber, in, in information security, is making sure if you're not doing it, somebody is updating these devices, the software. You got to keep it up to date because that's we're gonna see. Uh, we talk about it all the time, 
in ransomware. We always, always are talking about it. Updated uh, or uh, lack of updating software and hardware is one of the ways the bad guys get in. And that's for ransomware and from all kinds of other malicious activities, right? So this attack or would it, this this vulnerability would enable attackers to inject packets into the WPA2 protected network without any knowledge of the pre-shared key. Packets will be routed through the network as valid packets, um, and responses to the injected packets would return encrypted. Man, so you can just dump stuff on the network because the attacker could control what's sent through the network. They could determine if an injected packet infected an, an active system. So you're just dumping stuff on the network, dumping bad stuff on the network, hoping to get that reverse shell pop back out. Essentially, they're not talking. They don't say that in the article. But that's what they. That's what they want. You dump a bunch of garbage on the network. You wait for that reverse shell, and bang, Bob's your uncle. In response to vulnerability to media tech and real tech, say patches will be made available <laughs> on request. Qualcomm said the identified chipsets have all reached their end of life and have been discontinued. This issue does not affect currently supported chipsets. Qualcomm, the company Qualcomm, says end of life. This brings up a good point on end of life. Most businesses are okay at this. Not perfect. You have those servers that are laying around. You have the old hardware legacy systems that are laying around you got to get rid of those things. You got to replace them as they reach end of life. If they're no longer supported, you got to get them out of your inventory. Same thing with software. Um, yesterday, I think, yesterday, the day before, the code for Windows XP was released. Shouldn't be a big deal because nobody should be running Windows XP anymore, but people are. And I read, I read some articles that some doctor's offices and dentist's office were running Windows XP, um, which is you know, got HIPAA stuff there, guys. Come on, you got to uh, you got a budget, just like everything in business. You got a budget to update your computer stuff. That's your hardware, your software, your firmware. When stuff reaches end of life, you got to get rid of it. That, that now that, that's that's business. That's at work. That's where you got business going. The side of this I'm I'm scared about is home users, right? Home users and small office users. You buy that, you know, D-Link router. You throw it up on a shelf somewhere. You plug it into your internet connection. You maybe you set up WPA2. I hope you do. At least you got that set up. And then you just you let it go. You go years and years and years. How many? Home users or small office users, users ever look at that router again, ever touch it, ever update it. I knew a guy, I knew a guy, I, I once knew a guy, he used to break into wireless networks all the time. I didn't, I didn't, you know, support this. I don't think it's the right thing to do. Don't do this. He would break into the wireless networks to use their, their internet. The bad thing to do, wrong thing to do. But he would always update their firmware. Which I thought was the funniest thing ever. So he would do something illegal, break into the network, use their net, use their network, unauthorized use. But he'd upgrade their upgrade their machines for him. Um, there's a conflict, so there's duality there. So synops synopsis 
contacted all the manufacturers behind the tested device as part of the disclosure process, both D-Link, Zextel, uh, and Zectel. Confirmed patches with a fix exist and will be made available. So, <clears throat> the why, there's really no why. The why is stuff got old. People found ways to exploit it. Um, the article doesn't say there's exploits in the wild, but the article does say the attacker can dump packets onto the network. WPA, WPA2 protected networks, which you think are pretty secure, they'll be routed and then they'll be returned encrypted. And if you can dump packets on there with uh, um, nefarious intentions, maybe you can get access to something on the network um, connecting back out to you. Um, a lot of that's you know implied in the article. This article is by uh, Dark Reading. Dark Reading's been in the news. They've been putting a lot of good stuff out lately. So that's a you know got get friends, family, coworkers, especially friends, family. They got a wireless access point. It doesn't matter if it's a D-link, whatever you know. I don't know. Mike Bravo's on. He's got a big big. Good feelings about D-Link. Yeah, always ha always comments about D-Link. If if you have friends, family, coworkers, help them update their access points. I'm guessing even if it's not D-Link, it's Blinksys, whatever it is, Blinksys slash Cisco, whatever it is, I'm sure that it probably needs an update. Go in there, update their software, update their firmware, update their router form, help them out. Um, these things that you know, old chipsets, old hardware. You got to get rid of it. I'm bad too. I don't. I don't use it, but I've got old, old routers kicking around here that someone could throw on a network and just be totally vulnerable. I keep them around just for. I don't know. Mainly when we're talking, talking in courses, we talk about here's here's this is an access point, and I've got one that's probably 15 years old that you know is no good anymore. Don't don't use those things. So Qualcomm don't know if you got it. They don't know exactly where this chipset's at. They don't know exactly how many are vulnerable. Obviously, they're older chipsets. So the, the fix for this, update your software. Really update your hardware. If it's that old, you probably want to update your hardware. Get that stuff updated. So that's our Qualcomm story of the morning. Microsoft is on the news on the, on the, uh, the, the really big shoe. Microsoft says some ransomware attacks take less then 45 minutes, 45 minutes. Um, for many years, the Microsoft Security Intelligence Report has been the gold standard in terms of providing a yearly overview of all the major events and trends in cybersecurity and threat intelligence landscape. Uh, McAfee's got a good one out too. Um, but Microsoft got rid of theirs. They stopped producing it. Um, in 20 and the article tells it's lucky luckily i know the date 2018 they stopped doing it but this year they realized hey we should put that thing out because it's good marketing gets and it gets information out right um it is marketing because we're talking about microsoft right now um but it does get good information out so they put their rebranded new microsoft digital defense report out Link to it's in your show notes. 88 pages of goodness. Um, it looks like, I just saw it this morning. Um, 
data from July 2019 to June 2020. Some users might not have time to go through the it in its entirety. So ZDNet has taken the time to boil it down to the biggest points, the salient, most salient points in this thing. And that's cybercrime. Without a doubt, we'll be in 2020, we'll be remembered for COVID-19, the coronavirus pandemic. The report is saying, you know, we've talked about a lot of attackers using COVID-19 as a way in to networks to lure infected users, to get people to click those phishing links. Microsoft says these were only a fraction of the general malware ecosystem, and the pan pandemic appears to have played a minimal role in this year's malware attacks, which is interesting because we talk about it all the time. It's always in the news about different phishing attacks using COVID-19 as a subject. And I've, I've seen a few of them. So email phishing in the enterprise sector, in the enterprise, maybe that's the point. It's also continued to grow and has become a dominant vector. Most phishing lures center around Microsoft and other software as a service provider. The top five most spoofed brands include Microsoft, UPS, Amazon, Apple, and Zoom. Um, crazy. Microsoft said it blocked 13 million malicious and suspicious emails, 13 billion with a B, in 2019. Out of these, then out of these, more than one billion contain a URL that's been set up explicitly for launching a credential phishing attack. A billion, with a B. Successful phishing operations are often used as the first step in a business email compromise, a Beck scam. Microsoft said the crooks gain access to an executive's mailbox, watch the communication, then spring the trick into action using the hacked users business partners into paying invoices into wrong bank accounts wow so essentially they've got a nice little this is a microsoft diagram i think it is yeah it's a diagram from the report so cyber criminal poses as ceo ceo using any of a variety of methods such as spoofing impersonation or credential theft they gain access to the mail account uh, and may monitor the CEO's mail to gain additional information and increase the sophistication of the attack and the likelihood of success. So they may sit there and watch what this person writes, how they write, who they send message to, and, and maybe even jump on one of those mail streams. And then they masquerade as the CEO, send a message to somebody asking for a wire transfer or demanding or saying they've got to do a wire transfer, and then that victim gets it. They It's an email they're expecting. It's coming from an email they... They trust, uh, so they transfer the money. Um, seems like there should be some controls on the business side around transferring that money, but that's not up to Jim to tell you. Um, most target accounts in BECs were those in the C-suite, of course, um, and accounting and payroll employees. I can see if you get an a email, if you're the person that cuts the check or sends the wire transfer, you get an email from the head of accounting, you probably are going to do it. If it's especially if you trust it, Microsoft also says phishing isn't the only way in the account. Uh, hackers are also starting to adopt password reuse, right? So, essentially, password stuffing, finding sites that have dumps, and then password spray attacks against uh, legacy email protocols such as IMAP and SMTP. 
they point out they use IMAP and SMTP because they can't use those are older um, technologies, older um, protocols, and they can't use MFA or multi-factor authentication. So it helps. Password spray attacks, that's essentially brute forcing, but you don't brute force using the same credentials. So the bad guy knows what we do. You know, they, they learn from, from their attacks. And they say, most people, most organizations have the ability to lock an account for a certain period of time. If you try to log on three or five or 15, whatever that's set by the organization, if you try to use the same account more than say three times, it's gonna lock the account. So the bad guy says, I know this now. I know a lot of people say this. They, they lock the account at three, uh, more than three. So they try three. So they try this username with three passwords. And then they try a different username with three passwords. And they rotate through them. That's called a password spray attack, where they, they don't necessarily hammer away at the same account. They try it three or five times. Then they move on to another account. Try that three or five times. Then they round robin around. And then hopefully when they get back, around to that name username you know, they can you try it again um, so that's it that's you know jumping in trying to get into someone's account to try to do these transfers uh, ransomware groups are right on the top of the list as well by far the most disruptive cybercrime threat over the past year have been ransomware gangs um, this is an article going on is saying this Microsoft said that ransomware infections had been the most common reason behind the company's instant response engagements from October 2019 through July 2020, ramping up like nobody's business. All the ransomware gangs, uh, it's groups known as big game hunters. I, I haven't heard that, but it, I guess it makes sense. And human-operated ransomware. We've heard that a lot uh, in our in our morning chats, morning discussions. Have also all, uh, have given Microsoft the most headaches. These are groups specifically targeting select networks that belong to large corporations or government organizations, knowing they stand to receive the larger payments. Most of these groups operate either by using malware infrastructure provided by other cyber crime groups, or by mass scanning the internet for newly disclosed vulnerabilities. We know this is maze, like maze. They're talking about maze right there. Cool, cool graphic. Um, Let me see something. I think I grabbed this this morning. Look at this thing. This is the graphic from the report. You know, it shows initial access, RDP. We knew that's 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 what one of the problems. Uh, vulnerable internet-facing systems. That's that uh, our RDP connection, essentially, and weak application settings. They don't have phishing on here. I think phishing should be on here. Then credential theft. They give some of the the tools or ways that they're getting in mimicaps uh, mimicats credential vault credentials in plain text those kind of things lateral movement showing you cobalt strike we talked about that a while uh, wmi ps exec persistence creating new accounts or gpo changes those kind of things and then the payload on the end what we're trying to drop on the network there it is maze rival rival uh netwalker those kind of things um good little good little graphic Good job, Microsoft. When you got billions of dollars, you can really make good stuff. Uh, most cases, groups gain access to the system uh, and maintain foothold until they're ready to launch their attacks. Um, Microsoft says this year, ransomware gangs are particularly active and have reduced the time they need 
to launch, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic. Attackers have exploited the COVID-19 crisis to reduce their dwell time within a victim system, compromising exfiltrating data, and in some cases, ransoming quickly, apparently believing they would uh, be an increased willingness to pay as the result of the outbreak, Microsoft said. In some instances, cyber criminals went from initial entry to ransoming the entire network in under 45 minutes. That's quick, guys. That is so dang, dang them fast. Um, last time, the last point they talk about in their boiled down version of this report that you should go grab and check out. Uh, another major threat uh, that's a trend Microsoft chose to highlight was the increasingly increased, increased targeting of supply chains in most recent attacks rather than attacking a target directly. We know this. Companies are getting stronger. Organizations are getting stronger. And if you can't get to the organization, you go to their suppliers, their, out, their third parties. Um, Microsoft says, through its engagements in assessing, insisting customers who have been victims of cybersecurity intrusions, the Microsoft Detection and Response Team has observed an uptick in supply chain attacks between July 19 and March 20. Um, there was an increased supply chain attack uh, represented by a re re relatively small percentage of Dart engagements overall. Nonetheless, it doesn't diminish the importance of protecting supply chain possible compromise. There's a danger. If, if the attacker can't get to you directly, if they can go to your suppliers and come in through that direction, that's a way. You know, they're talking about dangers from um, networks of managed service providers, IoT devices, and uh, outsourced libraries, which I think is dangerous. If you build your own software, you know, the Bravos are going to talk about this. You got to do some scanning of that code. You got to do analysis, dynamic or static analysis of the code to make sure it's good to go. It's not all chunked up. Because one of the things the bad guy's doing is they're putting a library, an infected library, out and making it available. And they're hoping people put that in their code. And then later, when the code is released from the organization, their backdoor is already in there. It's already built in there because they built it into a library that was useful. Also talks about nation-state groups, uh, APTs. They've been quite busy. Um, so between July 2019 and June 2020, Microsoft sent out more than 13,000 nation-state notifications to its customers via email. According to Microsoft, most were sent for hacking operations linked to Russian state-sponsored groups. Uh, most of the victims are located in the United States. When you look at the pie chart, well over half is Russia, 52%, 25% Iran, 12% China, 11% North Korea, or others. Now the target, 69% United States, 19% United Kingdom, 5% Canada, 4% South Korea, 3% Saudi Arabia. Man. One thing I don't like, Microsoft, come on, you've done this before. Um, the article says, over the past year, Microsoft seized domains previously operated by nation-state groups that were using, essentially, they were using Microsoft as a, part of the name of a, a website and using it for attacks. So Microsoft had the legal ability to go in and, and seize these uh, domains. But instead of calling 
them like APT 29, 28, or, you know, Fancy Bear, whatever. They call they came up with these metals. So stromium is Russian, barium is China, phosphorus Iran, thallium is North Korea. Instead of just calling them, like, come on guys, can we just at least call them by their APT names? Or include that. Now you gotta have a cross-reference, cross-reference all these different groups, figure out what is what. Microsoft, come on. Um, yeah, the other thing they said is it's it's funny that these APT attacks have been targeted at non-government governmental organizations and service industries. I'm guessing critical infrastructure and supply chain that leads to the nation states. Article says, or Microsoft says, nation state activity is more likely to target organizations outside of the critical infrastructure sectors uh, by a significant measure with only over 90% of the notifications served outside these sectors. Those techniques have been referred to in the past year, July 2019 to June 2020 by nation state groups. Microsoft noted several interesting developments with the rise of password spraying, use of penetration testing tools, uh, use of ever more complex spear, spear phishing, kind of what we talked about above, where you sp spend time learning about them, getting on their network, watching email, use of web shells and backdoors, and exploiting targeted VPN servers. We talked about that, talked about that. Good, good article um, right up ZDNet. Good job. Good job by Microsoft putting this thing out. Grab the, grab the, the, um, the report, Microsoft Digital Defense Report, 88 pages. You don't have to read it all. Skim it, look at it, check it out. Um, well worth the, well worth the time. I'm telling you guys. Um, the last one, short but sweet. At the end, over 90% of attacks on cloud servers attempt crypto mining. A study reveals. Tencent Security has reported a new botnet malware prowling the web for the past few months looking for Microsoft SQL servers. A different report asserts that most of the attacks on cloud servers abuse public cloud resources for crypto mining. So a couple of different reports they're pointing to here. Um, cyber criminals, the cyber criminal groups have been discovered launching brute force attacks on thousands of Microsoft SQL servers, MS SQL servers to deploy crypto mining malware dubbed uh, MRB miner to compromise systems. Um, I, in dealing with ransom, I guess maybe I've been jaded dealing with ransomware, but this article by Cyware Social, it's trying to, I guess, highlight the threat of this. The wallet used by the MC, MS SQL version can say, contained uh, 7XMR, um, and that's uh, Monero. Monero. Um, that's valued at six hundred and thirty dollars. Uh, maybe I'm just used to these billion-dollar ransoms, million-dollar ransoms, and see six hundred thirty dollars in a in a crypto wallet doesn't seem earth-shattering. But they've included the amount. According to researchers, the MRB miner malware was written to target Linux servers and ARM-based systems as well. Um, the analysis found three point three XMR, about three hundred dollars in a wallet, wallet for the Linux version of the malware. It's hard to get, you know. I, I do know this is a valid threat. I know we gotta protect against it. When they throw numbers like $600 and $300, uh, uh, you know, a 
Okay, you could have left that part out. <laughs> uh, it just even just just leave the Monero dollar amount in there, and we'll all guess it's like Bitcoin. Upon getting access to the systems, attackers download uh, a file called the assm.exe to establish a reboot persistence mechanisms and create a backdoor to enable future access. After creating an account, the malicious use, uh, the malicious code connects to a C2 or command and control server to download the Monero XMR cryptocurrency miner that runs on the local server. And luckily, the researchers found the backdoor was hard-coded into the code. Um, they've actually got the password at, you know, they, they included their default password. Um, nice. So talk about the rise, the rise of crypto, uh, crypto mining, the rise of mining intent on cyber criminals. Aqua Security's 2020 uh, cloud native threat report. I didn't download that. It, it, you can get the link here if you want. The link to the stories in the show notes. You can grab the link to the report from the story if you want. Reveals a growing, organized, and increasingly sophisticated pattern of cloud native infrastructure. Firm tracked and analyzed 16,371 attacks on honeypot servers between. June of 2019 and July 2020, 90%, 95% of the cases, the attackers deployed a malicious container image aimed towards mining cryptocurrency. Containers are awesome, man. Um, even bad guys are using them. Rest were set up for a de distributed denial of service infrastructure, somewhere somewhere lower than 5%. Experts, uh, advisories, uh, intrusion methods have diversified and malware complexity has shown signs of improvement. Take away um, to thwart the threats associated with MRB minor researchers have published IOCs for this command campaign, so you can load them into your IDS and IPS. In addition, system admins are advised to check their M Microsoft SQLs for the presence of backdoors. Keep your stuff updated. Again, that's the concurrent thread of today. Keep your stuff updated. Um, and watch out where, where people are coming. Prowling the net for Microsoft SQL servers. They're doing brute force, uh, brute, brute force attacks. So your credentials are important. You know, good cyber hygiene. Good cyber hygiene is important. Um, you know, follow those controls. And we talk about, and this is kind of the segue to what we're talking about later. But the, the, NIST, the NIST risk management framework helps you build systems that are secure. The NIST cybersecurity framework helps detect and respond to attacks, actually prevent, detect, and respond to attacks using the same set of controls. That's a good thing. You have the same set of controls in the back end. In this case right now, where most people are probably on NIST, Special Publication 853, Revision 4. It's funny enough, there are people on Revision 3 still, and Revision 5 just came out. And the good thing about Revision 5, it's given us an integrated approach to controls that adds supply chain protection into the normal controls. Instead of being an appendix, supply chain and PII protection, privacy protection, have been added to the control catalog. Yay! We got all of it in one catalog ready to go, guys. So, that is your stories. Stories for the week. Finish up with Bitcoin. Today is National Mud Pack Day. Um, I guess we would have made mud facial. we have to find some, some new stories of the day if, uh, maybe you guys are, maybe you guys are in mud packs uh, I shouldn't shouldn't talk bad about mud packs I 
I probably won't get one. Maybe I need one. I don't know. Maybe I need a mud pack. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe you guys tell me, yeah, you do definitely need a mud pack, dude. Come on. But it's mud pack day. Um, it's always held on September 30th. Say it's National Mud Pack Day today. Slop on the facial. Ladies, this is your days. Guys, you can get a mud pack facial too. Don't let your buddies know you did it. Well, that's a little bit sexist. Mud packs were once the rage for facial treatments. Still popular, but the mud in facials has been replaced by a variety of other ingredients. It's supposed to keep your skin young, soft, and supple. Does it work? Girls who use it swear by it. Wow, what a really sexist slanted article this one is. Um, I'm sure there's guys that do this. It's not fair. Um, don't know about the origins of the day, um, where it came from. Um, check it out. If you want to get a mud pack, get a mud pack. I'm not going to say anything bad against you. Go get a mud pack. No problem. Go do it. Okay. Eric. Uh, Eric, really excited about Revision 5. You know, Revision 5 is... It's, it's a long time coming. Alex will tell you, it's been a long time waiting to get Revision 5 out. We've been waiting for it for a long time. Um, I'm excited about it, too. I'm excited about it getting implemented. Uh, a lot of the things, it's obviously been refined, it's been streamlined. A lot of things in Revision 5 have been there before. They've been an appendix. The privacy controls, supply controls, they were appendixes before. The other thing that I think is important about Revision 5 is the, 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 the part about baselining, where they talk about baselining your systems. That's been ripped out, and that's been turned into 853 Bravo. And 853 Bravo is in draft. It's nothing but baselines. talks about baselines. And it, take, it really took the old baselines that were in 853 Revision 4, and just created the document, and that, that's what it is. It's just kind of those old baselines, but with the new controls. So don't get me wrong there. Um, so it's kind of interesting. Now we have 853, the control catalog, 853 Alpha, how to assess the controls, and 853 Bravo, how to implement um, baselines. Yeah. <laughs> Moses, Moses helped with the original draft. Oh. Alex, your point. Oh, I always, love, always love to hear Alex's comments. Um, it was a little bit sad for me when Revision 4, with Revision 4 going away. Um, because in the in the uh, information in the front of it was a lot of people I, I knew. I knew in Revision 4. With Revision 5, I've moved away from that community. And Revision 5, I, I look at the front and there's all kind of new people in the task force. But it's good. You got to move on. New, fresh blood in there. So that's the that. That's the that of it. Um, so let's, the other thing we were going to talk about this morning is, is the risk management framework. Let's bring that right here. We'll put that right here. Risk management framework. Boom. We're going to talk about it, and we're going to talk about what we've done here at CyberEcon for the risk management framework. The one thing we want to talk, walk through, walk and talk about, and I've got to do some shuffling on my screen here, is uh, what what does our courseware look like? What does it look like? So if you go 
Whew. If you go out to out to cyber-recon.com. I always got to tell people. Which way am I going? Um, if you go out to cyber-recon.com, um, you can you can go to the courseware, all courses, up here in the top. Where's my mouse? Got to remember I'm on a different screen here. Um, all courses right here. Um, we'll take you to right now. We've got rid of all that. We stripped out all the other courses. The only one left there is the RMF 2.0. And your, your screen will obviously look different. All courses will take you to this. Um, interwebs run slow while I'm broadcasting. The only one that's out there right now, we removed all the other ones. They're all going to go through the same upgrade. Um, and you just have to click this See More. And it'll take you. You know, I'm enrolled in the course because I'm on logged in as administrator. Um, but it's got, you know, here's what's going on with the course. You know, right now it's it's linked at 36 CPEs. I think we're going to move that to 40 CPEs. Got to make sure it's right. You'll get access for six months, uh, obviously. And it's going to talk you all about all about the RMF. Here's the course information, flyouts, tell you about what each each lesson is about. Um, 13 lessons overall, over 70 different subjects, I think it's 76. Um, and then if you log in as, um, right now I'm logged in as an admin, so I can see all of the different topics, right? So if I expand them, you'll be able to see them. Um, intro, and then the different modules here, you can see each one of them finishes up with a quiz, right? So this is just how you get into it. Nothing earth shattering here. Um, Alex had a comment. Sorry, I missed your comment, Alex. How long has it been? I think it's been in draft like three years or more. Four years? I don't know. It's been, I bet, I bet at least four years. That's a good question, though. I know Ron Ross, when he was running the program, um, said he was going to release a new version about 18, every 18 months to keep up with technology. It just, it just hasn't, hasn't done that. It's hard, uh, hard to do that. Hard to, hard to do that. So if we take a look at this, and the one lesson we're going to go into is we're going to go into this RMF 2100, an introduction to the risk management framework uh, lesson, right? And you'll see there's these steps. They call them steps, and these are just lessons. Uh, you can finish a step. You move on to the next one. Um, there's like 76 steps, over 40 hours of just recorded content is going to be here. So it's a ton, a ton of stuff. So if we go into one of these, and I actually jumped in already. So here's what the, the lesson looks like, right? So the lesson is off to the left here. Risk Management Framework 2.0 CAP Prep Course. Um, and we're talking about the RMF introduction. That's where we're at, right right over here. Uh, we can get rid of this flyout and move, make it go away so we don't have to look at it. Or we can bring it back. That's a nice thing. Keep track of where we're at in this thing. But the content, we wanted to make as much content available as possible, right? So there's different modes of learning. We know people people are multimodal. Not everybody learns the same way. And the one thing we don't have on here yet, and we'll get this on there before uh, Monday, is just the ability to download MP3 audio lesson. That's not on there yet, uh, but it will be there before we go live. So it talks about this this lesson, um, the associated, this is the book. There's been questions about which book do we use. And this launches you over to um, 
our affiliate site so you can grab the book, uh, Mastering the Risk Management Framework Revision 2. Talking about Revision 2 of this thing. Um, and then it goes on. The first thing we see is the interactive video. And the video is essentially the same video you could get on YouTube. And you think, well, why would I pay for it if I can just get on YouTube? Well, this one is interactive. So if we go go along here, provides a framework and a structure for selecting It's going to tell you it's going to be the same stuff you can get in the organization to provide protection. But at key points along the way, you're going to be asked questions. And this, we can't we can't do this on the YouTubes. We can't. Um, so, you know, selection and specific, specification of controls is, let's see, overly complex and difficult to implement. Let me see if that's right. Ah, oh, that's not right. So I got that one wrong. Dang it. I try it over again? Okay. We know that it's part of an organization's ISP. It's necessary to provide protection and is critical in the management of risk. Now we can check it. And we're good to go. And we can continue now with the video. So that's that's cool. I kind of like that. Um, there's there's uh, handouts and resources that support this. Um, obviously, links to uh, 837 Revision 2, 839, which talks about enterprise risk. Um, there's a workbook. Um, I'm not going to do the workbook right now because it'll launch into another. I think it launches. I need to launch that into a separate window, separate tab, and then a glossary of terms that we're talking about in this module, specific to this module, right? Word search, this is kind of a fun, different way to get used to the different terms. And I don't know if we can find one. Changes it up every time. Um, the one I can always find, and I put this one in here on purpose so I can find it, is security protections, because it's got the space. I can always find the space. Um, but they're not all like that's the only one you'll look that's the only one like that so i can find it when we're doing these live streams so um you highlight it with your mouse and then down here it changes it over to green if you're on a smaller screen it just puts the words on the side but you got to look here look through here you gotta you gotta find the words rmf risk omb the words we're trying to reinforce the training trying to reinforce the training um let's check this out did i get them right Oh, I get one out of 12. All right, I can retry it. Um, and as you see, it moves things around. Now I gotta find my space again. There's the space, right? Wow, was it? Uh, oh, it put, it fooled me. It put a couple spaces in. Man, I can't find, uh, it should be right there. Man. Okay, I'm not going to spend too much time there. References, it's going to give us a good list of references for the topic we're talking about. The references for the topics we're talking about. Um, the, as you see above, right, whatever the, the we need for the course is available from right within the course. So if I need 837, I can get it from right within the course. Um, these are included to make sure you stay up to date, right? So I can go to NIST, I can go to ICD, get ICD 503. I can go to CNSS, I can go to VOD RMF framework, I can go to the BIP site. Um, obviously good things that reference that support the lesson you're on. So you don't have to go looking all over the place to find stuff. It's all right there. Um, we've got some flashcards in case you want to do some acronym flashcards, right? What does NIST stand for? Not 
Um, not implied security today. Let's, let's check that out. Oh, no, but it gives me the right answer. National Institute of Standards and Technology. And then it goes off to the next one. We can tell at the top there's two of ten flashcards. Uh, and if you'll notice, you know, those folks that are keen will be able to look on here and say, well, I'll just look on the seal to see what the name is. And you'll see it's, it's been taken off. So you can't look on there and see that this is the Department of Defense. Let's check that one out. Good to go, Department of Defense. Yep, good to go. Um, right, and then, then we're finally down. Once we've gone through all that, right, we've gone through the lesson, we've got the handouts, and I'll go back to handouts at, at the end of the, the walkthrough here, right? We go through the whole lesson, and you can see it along the way. There's one, two, three, uh, I guess four questions on this interactive video. Then we got the word search to reinforce that. We've got the glossary and the workbook to reinforce that We've got references for support. We've got the acronym flashcards to help support that. Um, then we've got a leaderboard. So when you go down and take the quiz, and this one I think most of them are going to be about a 10-question quiz, right? Um, the leaderboard, this is where you get your bragging rights. So the top 10 finishers get placed on the leaderboard. Their position, name, when they entered on, how many points, and the result they got. Right now there's no data because no one's taking the course right now besides me. And my mine don't count. Um, so you just launch the course, launch into it. It'll take us into the into the quiz, and we can just start the quiz. Get ready to go, ready to rock and roll. And then it's going to ask some questions. The management of organizational risk is key in the organization's what? And anytime there's a circle, it's one answer. And anytime there's a square, it's multiple answers. And we say that in the instructions. You know, if we go back here, we talk about the instructions tell us that. And if we forget, it'll be in the quiz as well. So the other thing we can do, the one thing we didn't touch on, right? So we go up here. Um, right, so the workbook takes the workbook. Define the following terms, right? So we can download this, we can print it out, right? And then we can watch the video and keep notes. Define the following terms. RMF created to what? A workbook to drive it home. And what we're trying to do, the whole point of this is, is called multimodal training. Different people learn in different ways. So some people learn by listening. Some people learn by viewing. Some people learn by doing. So we want to make sure you're getting all access to all the different modes of training that you can. So that's why it's different than just the YouTube videos. We want to make sure, and Alex will tell you this, we, we make sure that people that want to learn can still learn. You can still go out and get the video. It's going to be a little harder because you don't have all the support around it. And we can't put all the support around it in YouTube. So we built, built the website to put the support around it, but we have to be able to fund the website and all the other stuff. So that's why you got to pay, unfortunately. But if you can't pay, if you can't pay, you can still get access to the content. The videos will still be on YouTube. And that's our, our big thing. Our big point is trying to support the community. So. So there's, there's handouts, there's references, there's different modes of training. Um, all of this stuff up front, all this stuff is, is for you, right? It, it's not directly tied to the, the points, the leaderboards. The quiz at the end, 
that's the big thing we're driving to. This is the goal we're driving to, is to get to be to pass the the quiz as with the highest score as you can, right? And the quiz at the end reinforces the things you need to know to be able to implement RMF in your organization, to be able to understand RMF, and then also to be able to go out and take the CAP exam and pass it. So, you know, it's 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 going to take work on your part. It really is. You're going to have to get in there. You're going to have to do the lessons. You're going to have to do the exercises. You're going to have to read some of the supporting material, right? So we put as much as we can into the course, but you're still going to have to get 837. You have to read through it. We're going to walk you through it, but you're going to have to read it. So that's 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 your inside look at what a course looks like. And this is just one of over 70 different modules that are available. Um for this, right? Go in there, check it out, try it out, see what it's like. Um, I think it's I think it's kind of cool. There's my there's my gap in the fine. Security protections. So you can still find it. If you highlight something that's not in there, it, it doesn't work, right? So so you can't do that. You gotta you gotta find you gotta find you gotta find them. So I think we went through everything. Um I I think you know the guys guys and girls Guys and gals putting this thing together did a good job, I believe. Um, that's that's my thought. What do you guys think? What do you guys think of how it looks? I'd love to hear what you guys think of how the lessons look. I, I, I have been through a lot of this training. I've been through training in person. I've been through training online. I wanted to make it something usable, something that gets the point across that makes sure you understand the RMF, understand the topics. You know, and then, like I said, everything else is getting retrofitted with this look and feel. So all our other training, the uh, Security Plus, I know, Paul, you're going to ask about that. The um, IT Fundamentals Plus, all that stuff is getting rebranded, refitted into this type of training. Hopefully, hopefully you like it. I, I really hope you like it. I hope it's something that can get more people into um, into the RMF. And Eric, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to... I'm going to put you on the spot. You don't have to answer unless you want to. I know you've been through some other types of training in the RMF. And I don't know if, if uh, Mike Rob was out there or not. Um, what are your thoughts on the way this looks versus what you've taken in the past? And I'm not looking to, to, to no, no, promote my own ego or, or anything like that. Does it look, is it very similar to what you did before? Or is it look totally different or some of the same, some different? I don't, I don't know. I'd love to get your, your opinion, your, your back, your feedback. The other thing that we didn't see here is at the end of each lesson, so at the end of those nine topics, that's when we'll do the live interactive session on WebEx that gets recorded, and then that will be added to the courseware as well. So, I mean... Uh, I'd love to see. So, well done. I can tell it's more organized than some of the classes have taken. Great work. Um, awesome. Thanks, Eric. I, I, and I appreciate that feedback because I know you've taken this type of stuff before. Um, I've taken it before, and I just I just felt like it was lacking some stuff. Paul's telling me, look good. Look forward to it. Yeah, Paul, I'm looking forward to get into it too, man. Let's get into it. So, it is available um the you know if you want to sign up for it if you want to sign up take it obviously i'd love that we'd love to have more people in the class more people have in class 
the more interactive we ha can have. The one thing I didn't add, and I, I've been, I've been kind of hesitant to, uh, is is a, um, like a chat session on the board. What I've been more prone to do is pushing that to social media. We've got the the RMF Facebook group. And I was thinking about including that and getting people to talk on the RMF Facebook group because then it's interactions with not just people in the class but other people in RMF. I don't know. Or we could just have uh, a forum. Up in the air on that one. Up in the air on that one. So that is, that's the that for the day. That's what's going on for today. Hopefully, you guys got good things to do. It's last, last day of October. We're finishing up October. I think we're going to go out with a bang. Hopefully you guys enjoyed Taco Tuesday yesterday. Today's hump day. I'm not going to talk about that camel from Geico. Um, but, you know, it is it is hump day. So hopefully you got good things. Go out there. Take care of your friends, your family, your co-workers. Take care of your organization. Take care of each other. That's what we're here for. We're here to take care of each other. Um, hope to see you tomorrow morning, 7.30. Same bat time, same bat channel. If you've been looking for the MP3s, the uh, podcast of the show. Um, there's something wrong with our our, our ser service that we use to post them. So I've sent them a message saying, "Hey, because the sessions are going longer, they're longer than an hour now. Yeah, hour now. So is that the problem? What is the problem? For two days, I haven't been able to post the um, the podcast. So we'll figure out what's going on with that. Like the quizzes and the ways laid out. Another big piece." How people learn, you've tailored your course to that. Good. Hopefully, you know, you don't have to take, you have to take the course, the quiz at the end. That, that's what gets you out of that into the next module. Um, but you don't, you know, you don't have to take every single, uh, every single one of those training exercises. That's up to you to take. That's, take the, take, pick, pick the things out that help you learn. If it's the printout, the, the, the workbook and go through the workbook with the video, Good. If it's um, doing the interactive video, if it's doing the word search, what it is, I want to put as much stuff in there. We actually we because more more than one of one of me here. We want to put as much cram as much information into each course as possible. The other thing is CPEs. It should be we should take it from 36 to 40 CPEs to help you guys get your CPEs for your certifications. So that's what's going on. I appreciate the feedback. If you have more feedback, if you have more you want to say on the course, what's missing. What could be improved? Any of that stuff. Throw it in the show notes below. I would love to read it. I'm glad you guys joined me this morning. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning, 7.30, East Coast time, right here on YouTube, front slash cyber dash recon. Uh, you know where it's at. If you haven't done it yet, hit that bell. Share with your friends. Subscribe, like, comment, because we love the comment. Love the likes. Love the thumbs up. Hey, nothing, nothing that gets me going better than hearing the comments. Seeing the comments, seeing those thumbs up helps with keeping me going, guys. It really does. It's hard sometimes to get up early in the morning and get these things together. I do it because I love the community we've grown. Uh, we're building something that helps everybody. Um, so, Alex, you're out there. I saw your saw your comment. I'll get that out today. Uh, we're going to get that WebEx put together and see who can join us tomorrow. Talk about the next level of RMF, the advanced course. So, until tomorrow, uh, take care of yourself. Take care of your friends, family, coworkers. The Bravos would tell you if they were here, go get some. I'm going to tell you, I'm looking forward to see you guys tomorrow. So see you in the morning.